We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing? Ivy Nation Sports Talk Mailbag Wednesday with the one and only Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Styers. Hope you're having a good day as we continue to kind of bundle up a little bit here (laughs) in South Bend these last few days. It's just the strangest weather we've had. I hate to leave the show with weather, but it's just weird. Yeah. Didn't think I'd be wearing a hoodie on June 14th as I was out (laughs) uh, shagging balls for my son today. And, uh, but then like, I had to lose it to go cut the grass. So it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's just weird. I don't know. I got mine cut yesterday right before the rain really started coming in. So we had a... It rained a lot yesterday. It did. Once it started, it kept going for a while. And it was steady. I mean, it was a steady... But we needed it. We needed like a soaking rain and we definitely got it. That's for sure. Like allergy-wise, I definitely feel better today mm-hmm. oh you know, like, i'm gonna take my pill floating around in the air and all that kind yeah of stuff so no doubt about that absolutely for sure. for sure all right we'll hit that like button we do appreciate it um kevin corrigan on tomorrow's show notre dame men's mm-hmm. lacrosse coach just got okay. back this week from germany they went uh, and did a little european clinic after winning the national championship a couple of weeks ago and uh, talked with him today. So that'll be tomorrow's show. Looking forward to that. Some good stuff talked about with uh, Coach Corrigan. Nice. Today. 35 years, man. 35 years he had to wait to win his first national championship. It's crazy. Could you have crazy. done it, Mr. Uh, patiently Impatient? <laughs> um i could have yes i mean i've been i've been coaching a long time as well never won a state title yeah and you know i'm sure notre dame takes care of them i'm sure notre dame is a good job i I mean you and i have chosen to raise our children here uh it's a good place to raise your kids you know that kind of a thing so Mm -hmm. you know i i think being a head coach at the university of notre dame and especially with the what what they've poured it poured into the lacrosse program. Yeah, absolutely. I think especially in recent years, you know, building yeah. the stadium and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting because that he kind of voluntarily brought up some of that, you know, like <laughs> he said one of his family members was like, "Why are you always so grouchy? You know, you you're really you've got a great situation here. <laughs> coaching lacrosse, things could be worse, you know, you're at Notre Dame, all these different things." So some interesting stuff. You'll definitely want to hear that with the uh, coach Corrigan tomorrow and of course we'll follow that up Jesse and I with rapid fire afterwards but uh 
He was not grouchy when I talked to him today. I think winning a national championship will do I'm that. Sh- <laughs> He's got to be, I mean, just cloud nine, right? I mean, you get to go through the whole offseason as a champion and not to worry about anything. Now, obviously, you got to worry about recruiting and camps and you got to get right back into the grind. But it's a little easier to do that stuff when you've got a title. Uh, you're the reigning champ. So I can only imagine that he's got to be in a good mood. Yep, for sure. Well, let's jump into it. It is mailbag day, so we've got plenty of uh, questions in the queue lined up. First one is from Irish Chi-Town. Any news on what Coach Freeman will do with the two remaining scholarships? Is Notre Dame done trying to add players via the portal? Well, I mean, I'm guessing that they are done. I'm guessing that those two are probably going to go to a walk-on or, you know, something along those lines. I mean, right now, I mean, you're you're in the middle of June. They've started their summer workouts. They're they're doing stuff. I mean, they're they're this is where kind of the season starts, right? I mean, you can miss spring and still be a part of it. Obviously, a lot of first-time players are. There's a story over on irishbreakdown.com because they put out the new roster, so you've got all the freshmen on there, you've got all the transfers on there, you've got uh, you know, Everybody, the walk-ons, everybody's on there now, right? And so the season pretty much starts. I would be shocked if more transfers are coming in. That that would that would surprise me greatly. And this is an opportunity to reward the efforts of some walk-ons and things like that. I mean, I look, Notre Dame's in a good place with their roster. I mean, they're they're not in desperate need of anything, I don't think, in my opinion. I think they're ready to go into battle with the roster that they've got and they now have the luxury of having two extra scholarships that they can give away, basically, and you know provide some social media content, if you will, as they give those away. So um, I, I don't think that they're going to give them away to transfer or anything like that. I don't see it. No, and I mean, at this point, I, I think that if there was a transfer to be added, they would have added him. It's been a few weeks since they brought in the Penn State right. running back, and that was kind of the end of it. And they, they filled – a lot of different holes with the transfers that they did add. You know, would they have liked to add more? Probably so. But I just think that where they are right now, just just what you said, you either award it to a walk-on or maybe, you know, like Cole Aubrey, the Princeton player, if he comes in, you know, he'll be with them. He's he's coming over here on his own dime, transferring after, after you know, having experience playing at Princeton. If he turns into someone – They'll be able to recognize it, I would think, both through the summer and early in fall camp. Like, is this a guy who's going to contribute? If they feel like he's going to be a contributor to some degree, maybe you give it to him, you know. So, yeah, I don't I don't think they're adding any more, though, at this point. I would be very surprised uh, if they added anybody at this point, because then they're, they're, here's the other thing. What's left in the portal, right? I mean, the- exactly. And that's why I think if there was someone to be added – He'd be added right now by exactly. already. Exactly. So, and you've got, like you said, you've got some really good possibilities uh, on the roster already that you could give out scholarships to. So I, I, I think that they've, they're going to use those uh, in a very judicious way. Right. And I don't think the transfer portal's it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Salty wants to know, do you think Luke Talich will see playing time at safety? And how do you think he would do? He's a curious one because he's from a small, smallish town, Cody, Wyoming. I don't know exactly how big Cody, Wyoming is, but. There aren't many, you know, large towns other than Casper, and I'm trying to think of like some other Wyoming towns. I've been to Casper, Wyoming before. Wow, decent okay. size. That was back in my when I was uh, when I was uh, in Colorado 20 plus years ago before I moved here. You know, Colorado just south of uh, of Wyoming, and I was doing junior college baseball and basketball, and they played the uh, like it was like the region. I think it was like the region nine junior college tournament was in Casper. Okay. I believe. So that was my, you know, one trip to Casper. There's a lot of wide open spaces <laughs> in Wyoming. Let's put it that way. But yeah, this that... the point on Talich is he was a three-star guy who decided to walk on at Notre Dame. He he had some offers from places like uh, Utah and I believe Washington State and Oregon State before he ultimately ended up here at Notre Dame. So he's not a traditional walk-on. So, you know, will he play? I don't know. He was a, you know, again, he was a three-star guy. Sure. He's he's still an incoming freshman, so you just you just never know. But given the state of the safety position, I'd at least give him a fighting chance to open up some eyes during training camp. Well, he's going to be able to battle for the, you know, for the depth chart. I mean, yeah. just like anybody else that comes in, right? I mean, he's going to have an opportunity to battle. Uh, I do. I think he's going to start. No. Do I think he's going to be a rotation player at safety? No, I don't. Uh, is there a possibility? I guess uh, <laughs> I, it would be, that would be a stretch for me as a true freshman. Uh, could he, you know, could he help on special teams? That's a definite possibility, you know, and I would say that about a lot of the true freshmen, even the ones with scholarships, you know, and, and for whatever reason, Notre Dame decided not to give him a scholarship, right? Uh, at least at this point. Now, could he get one of the two that are open? Sure, but I think you're—I think it's a bit of a stretch. And yes, the the safety depth chart is not as deep as maybe you would want it to be. But at the same time, I feel like expecting a walk-on safety to get time on a defense on a team that you think is going to be a potential college football playoff team—I think that's that's a little bit of a hard sell for me at this point. Now, he could go out there and just be a dude, I suppose, in fall camp and, and over the summer and all of that, and maybe he works his way 
into the depth chart and maybe onto special teams or that. But I would be very surprised if he was a rotation player at safety in games that matter. That yeah, would, that I mean, would surprise you would, me. You would hope that you're bringing this guy in, and you've got you've got nothing to lose by bringing in a, a guy who's right. a three star recruit and letting him walk on. You know, just what we're talking about right now. Maybe a year from now, or two years from now, right. if Notre Dame is light, you know, if Notre Dame is plus two scholarships, and a right. guy like this has shown himself, like he's about to make a move on the depth chart. He's about to find himself some playing time. Like this could be a guy a year or two down the road that, who you would award a scholarship to. And you would hope that maybe at least a year for, you know, cause like you said, that there's going to be some turnover on the depth chart a year from now. Safety is going to continue to be a need. This is going to safety position is going to come up in rapid fire again, by the way. And uh, you know, you, you, you might know why, of course, if you've been following <laughs> recruiting around, but yeah, this year I think is probably too soon. Year or yeah. two from now, this is the kind of guy who maybe has some opportunities. If you are going to give me the option of a walk-on safety to get playing time at Notre Dame, Marty Hour is going to be the guy that I would pick first. That yeah. that dude was like a missile during spring practice. He impressed the crap out of me. He's a walk-on. I would give him a scholarship before I would give one to a true freshman. He's a junior. He's been around. He's paid his dues for the first two years, and he actually played well during spring practice. I would give Marty Hour a scholarship first. If you're giving me the option between the two guys, that's what I would do. Concur. Garrett, I like this question. If my firstborn son grows up and wants to root for USC, should I A, spray him with a hose, B, disown him, or C, Wow. Spray him with a hose and disown him. That, I mean, how do you not go with C? I mean, I don't know how. I mean, it's all of the above, right? I mean, it's the classic SAT question. So, no, I. that would be tough. That would be tough to have a kid that would root for USC. I've got a family member who went to USC, and it's always an interesting conversation with that particular family member when I'm sure. Notre Dame is playing USC. Uh, but... You know, you kind of got to let the kid do his own thing. If you did a poor job as a parent and you don't have them, you know, rooting for Notre Dame and they've decided to go to the dark side to USC, I think you got to look in the mirror, Garen. I don't know that that's really <laughs> your child's fault. I think that's on you. You have to do your best to indoctrinate them yeah. when they're still in your household. That's, you know, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, I would, uh, I, I don't know if I would necessarily disown them, you know, because I personally coming from a dad who was a Washington Redskins fan, I, you know, became That's a Dallas true. Cowboys fan. I went my own way and, yeah. you know, we don't have a bad relationship. He didn't disown me <laughs> as a result, you know, so uh, it, it worked out. You got to let them think for themselves, but at the same time, at the very least, you have to try the indoctrination first <laughs> before it gets to that point, <laughs> right? Like he never, now, and I never forced the Dallas Cowboys or Notre Dame or, you know, any of these teams on Jesse when he was young, but at the same time, you know, like, especially here, it was, it was just too easy right because he was around Notre Dame stuff oh, all yeah. the time, you know, and, you know, it's the Notre Dame stuff here is easy. If so, if you live in South Bend, you know, it should be kind of a slam dunk. You just go, you know, like you do the thing. And, but, uh, yeah, like my dad used to give him Washington Redskins stuff for Christmas. And it was like, mm. you know, and I felt a little bit guilty, you know, like he was still really young 
So I would at least, you know, like throw it on the bed or whatever. But by the time he got a little bit older, it's like, okay, dad, you know, <laughs> I'm going to buy him twice as much Cowboys stuff as your Redskins stuff at Christmas once a year. So do your own brainwashing and yeah. just hope that works. And otherwise I would probably at least, you know, garden hose maybe when he's 10. <laughs> You Not can't disown him until, you know, he's a little older. Yeah, don't disown know. him, though. Don't disown him, though. Yeah, Encourage him to make his own decisions. That's right. But, you know, don't let it don't let it drive a, a complete wedge between you. At least have a little fun with it if it does, you know, <laughs> end up going that direction. Okay. There was another one that I wanted to get from Benjamin in okay. here. Buy or sell. There will be a 30 for 30 on ESPN at the end of the season because the Irish will win the oh, championship. Man. Well, I placed a small wager that Notre Dame would win the championship. The odds were really, really good, obviously, because a lot of people don't think that Notre Dame can do it. So I put, I, I think I put a 10 spot or something like that, uh, you know, with really, really good odds, win like 500 bucks or something crazy like that. So, I mean, I guess I got to put my money where my mouth is and I'll say bye because I did bet that Notre Dame would win. Now it was, again, it was a great odds situation. Um, now, if I was a logical thinking human being, I would sell that and I would say that the odds are a little stacked against Notre Dame at this point, especially since I haven't seen them play as a full team yet. Uh, I feel like I would at least need to see a practice or two uh, before I'm willing to say Notre Dame is going to win a national championship. Uh, there's a lot of pieces that I haven't seen yet, uh, you know, things of that nature. I know that yeah. I'm, I'm stalling, but uh, I would love that if that were the, the case. If Notre Dame wins a national championship, you're going to see documentaries. You're going to see a 30 for 30. You're going to see all of these different things. You want to know why? Because it'll sell. It'll sell, sell, sell. And it will make uh, Pete Bavakwa's job that much easier in the next TV deal. I'm going to be honest, I've been pretty disappointed with the general slate of 30 for 30s that have been coming out lately. I they haven't did even the, heard of any coming out lately. So They just did a Bill Walton this past week. Oh, really? It was okay. a two-parter. And I was really kind of, you know, Bill Walton with the person. And there was some stuff that was interesting. You know, like, I, I knew that he had some some injuries during his career. It's like, man, it's it, didn't realize the extent of the injuries. But still, it was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. And yeah, um, for Notre Dame though, winning the national championship, Oof, that's a lot. I know TCU got to the national championship yeah. game though last season. They did. So TCU it's can possible. get there. Yeah. I think look, TCU, TCU opens the door for hope sure. for everybody. Oh, sure. I mean, and look, Notre Dame has a schedule that is conducive to getting there. I mean, you can, Tough, know, but when, not too tough. Right. You've got enough marquee games where enough eyeballs are going to be on Notre Dame. They're not going to be – see, that, that was one of the things with TCU. Nobody knew anything about them when they got to the postseason. Hardly anybody watched them. I mean, let's be honest. Not a lot of people were watching TCU football throughout the season. Notre Dame is going to have that opportunity. So I think, you know, as long as they take advantage of their opportunities, then people are going to vote for them in, in the AP poll and the coaches poll and all that nonsense, right? And I think – that they're going to be able to make waves in the college football playoff poll and all of that. So they're going to have their opportunities. The only thing keeping Notre Dame out of the national championship hunt is Notre Dame. I mean, I, I think that they are capable. They have a roster to win every game on their schedule. Now, is that a realistic thing to occur? No, not necessarily. Like they clearly had more 
you know, talent than Marshall and Stanford and how that turned out. You know what I mean? So th- th- there is that. There, There is the, you got to play the games, right? But on paper, Notre Dame can compete and win every single game that's on their on their schedule this year. And it's a hard enough schedule that could propel them to where they want to be. It's all in their hands. They hold their own destiny at this point. They 100% do. They hold their own destiny. Good call. Garen, do you think it's feasible in the future we'll see a lawsuit against a player for breaking either a commitment or transferring after receiving NIL money, i.e. a company recouping its expenses? 100% yes. Absolutely. With the open checks that are being written for some of these incoming freshmen, uh, another, uh, what do they call them? Uh, an acquisition fee, I believe. Uh, that's That's what I've heard it called on some other podcasts and things like that. These acquisition fees are outrageous, right? And some of these acquisition fees are coming from businesses where, I mean, NIL is supposed to be a pay for a service, right? And, you know, when you're going to pay all that money, you expect a service in return for the next three to four years. I think that's a logical thing to expect if you are a cut. Now, if you're just a private donor and you're just donating money, then you're donating money. But eventually, there's going to be a company that's going to put a bunch of money out there for somebody, a, a local company, who it only works if a Notre Dame player is representing them or X university, right? Mm-hmm. And if they decide to go someplace and they haven't fulfilled their end of the bargain, a hundred percent they're going to get sued, and that's what come that's business, and I have no problem with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's bound to happen at some point, just because of what you said. You know, all this money that is that is changing hands and getting guys to go here and there and women as well, obviously in other sports, it's, it's just bound to happen at some point. I'm curious, like right now, it's only been in effect for a couple of years. Are there contracts being signed? Right. That's for these guys. Like are, are people actually, you know, like here's your money, but sign on the dotted line. These are the terms like are, are there, you know, because these, these athletes do have agents and they're allowed to have agents now because of NIL. So I'm curious what wording in these contracts looks like, because that's yeah. obviously what's ultimately going to make someone liable, you know, to, to repay said money, <laughs> you know, if, if, I mean, they, if a company's going to, they break gonna, their contract, if a company's going to spill that kind of money into a recruit, right. Why would they not want to return on their investment? I mean, they're not just giving the money away. And if they are, that's just bad business practice, right? I think a lot of the money that these recruits are getting are, are donations. They're donations from individual people, I think. I'm guessing. I'm extrapolating. But if it's straight up from a business, then you have to expect something in return. You have to. Right. Otherwise, why are you giving away your business's profits? Well, and did you see there was something came out, I think, from the NCAA this week to the effect of NIL contributions are not tax deductible, which I don't know mm. why they would have been, you know, because like technically, I guess you can say it's a donation since you're putting it into a fund. But at the same yeah. time, it's basically a salary, you know, it's that, that that you're giving the player, you know, of whatever kind. So they've determined that it is not a donation. So interesting. You, you cannot write it off well, on your taxes. Doesn't that make it even more possible for a lawsuit? Because now it's a business transaction. Right. Exactly. You know, it's definitely a business transaction. Right. Whereas before, right, you could you could sort of try to justify it 
as a donation, but you can't do that now. So yeah, I think it sets it up even more. The longer this goes, there's going to be litigation at some point. Yeah, Absolutely. No doubt about that. No question. Tim wants to know what we're more excited to see, most excited to see from the offense and defense coming into practices. I mean, look, I, I'm an offensive guy. I was a quarterback's coach. I was a wide receiver's coach. I want to see Sam Hartman throw into these receivers. That's what I want to see. Defensively, I want to see the linebacker play. What's that rotation look like? What do the young guys look like, et cetera? I, I'm probably like with most fans with those two things. I mean, why would you not? want to see the quarterback slinging it all over the place. And this defense is an effective linebacking core away from being a really, really good defense. And if they can be a, an athletic fly to the football linebacking core, this defense is going to be really good. And so I want to see it with my own eyes. What about you? Not much different than what you said. I would just say defensively, some of the most fun stuff that we've gotten to see over the years has been like the fall camp cornerback wide receiver matchups. Like, especially when you've had some, you know, really skilled, capable guys yeah. on both sides of the ball. And when you've got Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart up against, whether it's Jaden Thomas, Tobias Merriweather, Dion Colsey, you know, Chris Tyree, you know, Tyree Moore, slot guy, obviously. But on down the line, those are the kind of matchups that I hope we get to see some of. Some of those competitive sessions during fall training camp. Those are always some of the most fun, I think, to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, but offensively, know, it's just what you said. It's yeah. We all want to see Hartman, you know. Of course. Connect with the receivers. Yeah, of course. I, but it, it makes it more yeah. fun when you've got Benjamin Morrison and Cam Hart, Absolutely. And that, you know, that whole iron sharpens iron and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And that'll tell us where the wide receivers are at, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we know that the corners are good. We know this, okay? We've seen Cam Hart over the years. We saw Benjamin Morrison last year. We haven't seen these receivers as a group get out there and play. So, like, you're right. The the one-on-ones with Benjamin Morrison versus Tobias Merriweather or whatever the case may be. Yeah, man, that's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. I, I'm really looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I concur. Garrett's got an interesting one. There's been a devastating natural disaster in Indiana. No casualties. It's kind of contradictory, isn't it? Devastating natural disaster, but there are no casualties. Notre Dame is forced to relocate to a different state. Oh what state do they go to? There's only one right answer here, he says. Okay, There's only one so, right answer. There's 49 answers. I don't know. I was going to say, he's he's setting us up. So, Man, I don't, I don't know where I don't know what his from. right answer is. I don't know yeah. where he's from. So, I, that that... Well, it worries me because, you know, I feel like I'd have to move. Uh, but, I mean, I know you can do this job by not being there. I, I would want them close by, though. That's the whole point. Uh, but, if I mean, if you want Notre Dame to be, you know, even more elite, then they got to move to SEC country. Uh, and then I think that they could really compete with the big boys on the recruiting level. Not that they're not doing that already, but, uh, man, I, but Notre Dame is just such a Midwest team, like, you know, the fall colors during football and all those different things. Like, that would be a sad thing to get rid of if they were down in the South. So, I don't know what the answer is here. Notre Dame belongs in Indiana. Does the whole state get exploded? Like, imploded? Like, what happened? I mean, you know, it's in Indiana because 
the you know they were trying to get to California, but they got <laughs> snowbound. You know, here yeah. in in South Bend, would you want to you know like San Diego? There are there are a lot worse places than San Diego. I I, I think you know that that you could you know, that now yeah. they were trying to get to San Diego, but you know they were trying to get out there to California anyway. They were trying to get to the West Coast. They have a long way to go. Yeah, I would take. I would take San Diego. I think that that would be a good place. I've like heard that's you, a beautiful. I heard San Diego is just beautiful. It's like seventy two yeah. every day. I, you, I, yeah, I was going to say seventy two in sunshine every day, and you don't, you know, like you've got San Diego State down there, so you don't have, you know, like a natural anything else to compete with. Texas would probably be second choice, but at the same, you know, again, you've got major universities all over the place, so you know, why even bother? Just take San Diego, take the ocean and the sunshine. And your rival, you turn USC into a backdoor rivalry, you know, because they're just right up the road there in Los Angeles. Yeah, so. no doubt. So I would take that. Okay. Yeah. I can get on board with that. I don't know if I could move to California. That'd be weird. <laughs> I just well, I don't like, know if I'm a like California you said, person. You could still you could still podcast here. Could do or, it. You know. Just be a lot more expensive for yeah. Brian to fly me out to California for home games. USMA 87 says San Diego's amazing, very high cost of living. Yeah, I can only I, imagine. I mean, I cannot afford to live in San Diego. That's for sure. Very high cost of living. Chicago already has the highest or the biggest Notre Dame fan base. That's, you know, like if I had to move, I don't know if I'd want to stay in the Midwest if you had to pack up your bags and go someplace else if you're Notre Dame. Get out there and, yeah. you know, like I said, find the good weather. That's, I, I think, what I would Maybe want to do. Maybe a tough. You, that takes some. That takes the negative recruiting off the table, as far as uh, the weather at Notre Dame. That's for sure. Yeah. Tim wants to know what an OSU win this year equal the nineteen ninety three Florida State win. Ooh. Uh, no, I don't think so. Number one, it's the placement of the game in the season. It's a little too early. It wouldn't quite have as much writing on it as the ninety three game. I mean, what was the ninety three game? Game eleven right or t- game 10 was there 11 games back then it was in november yeah yeah it was the yeah, second it to last was, game it was, of the it season. was 11 because yeah bc was the next right week, so. so it was the second and to last, the last game, game of the season so you know there was way more riding on that game than there'll be riding on this game and I mean, it was one it, versus two right and that won't be the case there's no way that notre dame rises up to number two in five weeks in four weeks like that's yeah with the schedule that they're playing there's just no way now they could be a top 10 team now, if, if Ohio five. State somehow rose to number one and Notre Dame is sitting around, you know, it it would at least be similar. But, again, it was one versus two, and, like, you had two right. heavyweights, basically. When you had the so. Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback for Florida mm-hmm. State, that's not going to be the case at Ohio State. There was just – there was more to that game in 93 than is going to be in this game. Now, it's going to be a huge game. It's a huge game. If Notre Dame wins it, it's a huge feather in their cap. There's no doubt about it. For sure. It, it, but it's not it's not 93. Remember, after the 93 game, everybody was pretty much, you know, Notre Dame just won the national championship. And obviously that came crashing down seven days later. But that was huge. Nobody's going to be saying Notre Dame's going to win the national championship after week five. So it's just the, the, the level is a little bit different. Concur. Chi-Town, if all things were equal, what would be your preferences for the media and apparel contracts? Well, we kind of talked about the media on Monday, right? We talked about that. I kind of ranked them. For me, it was funny. I was listening to another podcast today because uh, I, I enjoy listening to other 
Notre Dame podcast. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll say it. It was the uh, uh, Irish Illustrated guys. Uh, I love okay. listening to the Tims do their thing. And um, obviously, they're friends of our program as well. So I, I love giving them a listen. But uh, they're convinced that Notre Dame's going NBC and there's really no other option. Um, and that obviously, they're entitled to their opinion. And they may be right. Um, but for me, I still want Fox as my number one. Like that would still be my number one and NBC would be my number two with some changes. So that's my media apparel from a Vince standpoint. I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me personally. I I like Under Armour stuff. Like is the gear that I get and I wear, I like Under Armour. I'm not wearing their cleats. And I know that that's a thing with the athletes. And I know the tennis shoes are a thing with the athletes. So I would, if I was had any say in it whatsoever, I would have some, some of the athletes on the panel, or at least have a panel of athletes to discuss this and talk to them and, you know, that whole thing. Um, I would be fine with Under Armour, but I think the athletes would be ticked. And so I'm honestly, I'm okay if they go Nike. I do not want them to go jump, man. I want them to go Nike. So <laughs> there's you're that. on the record. You're on the record. Anti-jump, man. Yep. And we I know always that. will be. Yeah. And I just, we've talked about it before. I, I'm, I'm with you. I like Under Armour gear and, you know, I like the fit of Under Armour generally and a lot of stuff looks good and all that kind of stuff. But I just think the shoes are not yeah. what they need to be when you are an elite program. Now, right. As we've talked about before, if there were some kind of wiggle room, you know, like if Under Armour were to stay on as the apparel, but the players get to like do their own shoe deals and that kind of stuff. So they have the option to wear other yeah. shoes if they want, then that could change mm-hmm. things. Would, you know, sure. would, would Under Armour or any other apparel company be <laughs> open Good to question. that kind of thing? You know, that's a question. Yeah, I mean, it's a big check that they're going to sign, and it's a lot that they're providing. But they're going to get a lot of exposure out Mm -hmm. of being with Notre Dame when every game is a national broadcast, you know, So and and everything else that comes with being with Notre Dame. The the vast majority of, of the players, the athletes, seem to like Nike. So whether it's Nike, Jumpman, that's, that's where I would, you know, and I know you don't want Michael Jordan on the front of the jersey. I know. And all that. And I, and let stuff. me, and, and let me just say, I'm a, I am a huge Jordan fan. Like I, as far as the player himself, like I, I love Michael Jordan. I loved watching the nineties bulls. Like that was like right in my high school, you know, that was, that was it right there. Everybody, people wanted number 23 because of Michael Jordan. Like that was a thing. And I loved Michael Jordan. And I would love to see the Jumpman logo on Notre Dame's basketball uniforms. I think that would be awesome. Just not on their football stuff. I, I Maybe I'm just weird, but I'm just stuck in that hole, and I just can't get out of it. I just can't. It's just a logo, Vince. You need to get I over know, it. I know. Then just, <laughs> then just slap the Nike logo on all the Jumpman gear and call it a day. It's just a there logo. There you go. As far as the TV deal, you know, again, we we, we broke the whole thing down the other day, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write an article and have it up at Irish Breakdown here probably within the next couple of days, kind of recapping yeah. sort of the breakdown of you know where you know what each network is gonna have at this point. You know, I don't think you know like again, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I, 
I, I realize, and again, we broke it down from an inventory standpoint, what the different broadcast entities are going to have. NBC definitely makes the most sense, but at the same time, if you're Pete Bavacqua slash Jack Swarbrick, you're not telling NBC that. And, you know, like, again, Bavacqua has great detail about what NBC yep. knows, what they can go to as far as their number, you know, like what what they're likely, you know, willing, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to want, what they're willing to give, all those different things. He can use that to leverage against these other – all you've got to have is one other negotiating partner. And, yeah. you know, you can drive up the price. And at the very least, yeah. I think that because of where Fox is and what they will have in terms of their inventory and the fact that they have both Fox, FS1, FS2, you know, and they have the ability to stream some stuff as well. You know, they, you know they're going to be doing the Big Ten, the Big 12, maybe some Pac-12 stuff going – forward but you know big 10 and big 12 with a broadcast company that's that's got some time options because their prime time is essentially noon well that leaves you you know like they're not tied into a prime time game every night right like nbc is with the big 10 so they have some flexibility you know the majority of the afternoon after that noon game ends and into the prime time where they could fit notre dame if they wanted to so the 3.30 I, time slots right Fox, there for Notre Dame, man. Fox really interests me a lot, actually. And I think at the very least, there there's some leverage that could be. And their, for their inventory of announcers is a thousand times better than what NBC yes. has as well. And I think that has to be taken into account, right? I mean, I, I, I really do. And I, I just, I can't stop thinking about what a great triple header you could have on Fox every single Saturday. You got big noon kickoff. Then you've got Notre Dame, and then you've got whatever else game that you can come up with, right? Whether that's the Pac-10, 12, whatever, you know, as a primetime game. You could do a triple header on Fox every single week, and they could dominate. I'm telling you, yeah. they could dominate the college football landscape really quickly. Yeah. Really quickly. The You know, ACC and the SEC and – you know, maybe Pac-12, again, we don't know yet, but ACC and SEC are definitely going to be on the ESPN Disney properties. Tim asked about CBS, and as we outlined the other day, the problem with CBS going forward is they're, you know, they're moving away from the SEC, but CBS is going to have the 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time Big Ten game every Saturday. That is... That is their package, and that wipes out the middle of the afternoon for Notre Dame. So there's no place to put Notre Dame on on CBS other than noon or 7.30. And there's no chance that Notre Dame is going to be okay with that. There's no way. Yeah, They're they're not going to give up their afternoon time slot. All their games were at 2.30 or 3.30 back in the day. They didn't have any primetime game, any primetime home games. That's been over the last few years that they've started doing that. There's no way they're giving up their afternoon time slot. No chance. So I think CBS has eliminated themselves, if they were ever even involved. They've eliminated themselves from the Notre Dame sweepstakes because they have no afternoon availability. So that's why I think NBC NBC does seem to, you know, still be the easiest fit. Sure. But and I, I, but I don't, sure I don't think Fox is out of the picture by any means. I uh, think if, if they desire to have Notre Dame. Right. And that's the other thing that we don't know the answer to. We don't know if Fox is interested in having Notre Dame. It might be just a one-horse race, which would be bad for Notre Dame because you do want – 
two companies competing against each other mm-hmm. in order to to ride, you know, drive up that price. I just I think the most logical spot would be NBC. I, I but ESPN could but... still be in the mix as well. Sure. Because again, remember the fa- you know like ESPN has always had tonnage in terms of whatever sport it is, whether it's yeah college basketball or football. There's games galore, and obviously you have to. The big key there is you have ABC as well, and most of the time when Notre Dame is on one of the Disney, you know channels it ends up on abc to some extent you know at least uh you know again a majority of the time i'm not saying all the time there's still some in you know but but the fact that you have abc espn espn2 espnu and obviously you have the streamers you also have Mm -hmm. espn news if you know if if they want to you know push some stuff there so there are just so many places that espn can put stuff that I would think that there, you know, would would at least have to be some general interest on their part in getting Notre Dame. But again, like you, I think you lose some of the, you know, it it definitely, you know, they're all they're all corporations. But I think that it becomes sure. much more corporate once you jump into ESPN, just because. Oh yeah, there's so much there. there there's, it would be funny. I would be very interested to see the overall fan reaction if they ended up getting picked up by ESPN slash ABC, just because the, the, the vitriol with, for some fans when, Ooh, when it yeah. comes to ESPN, I, I would be very interested. And then I would also, if that does happen, I would also yeah. be interested to hear. Good how, call decaf ACC yeah. network. Yeah. Forgot about them. Yeah. I would also be very interested to hear how the ESPN talking heads change the way they talk about Notre Dame too. I think that would be, that would just fuel the fire even more for the hatred of ESPN for the fans. I really think mm-hmm. that. Baldwin's errant shot says ESPN would be huge for Notre Dame's image, at least as that applies to the casual college football fan. You know, I I think at the very least, you are probably going to have a little bit more favorable, you know, sort of Notre Dame conversation going on. on oh yeah, you know, like on game day and some of sure. you know, some of the other like college football live and stuff like that. Now you know, it's like now again, it's like. The the thing about that, you know, like like ESPN bias, you know, all those different kind of things. You have to remember, you know, like Kirk Herbstreet moved out of Columbus where he went to college. <laughs> he moved to Nashville because Ohio State fans were coming after him all the time. Like every other fan base is out there. It's not just Notre Dame. Every True. other fan base thinks that ESPN is against them. It's yeah, not course. just Notre Dame. Right. You just But because you're Notre Dame and you hear all this stuff, you think, you know, as a Notre Dame fan or, or whatever, you think that it's all directed at you, but every other fan base feels the same as well. I will say that it would also be an interesting negotiating point, Sean, if they did go to ESPN, they could have the same play-by-play and color announcer for every single home and away game that they have. Because That's all true. of their away games are on ESPN slash, you know, ABC. You could have the same two dudes whoever it happens to be, and that could be bad, it could be good, doing all their games, home and away. Could have Mike Monaco. Notre Dame I guy. I would take him over the current, 100%. I think he's good. Absolutely. I think he's Absolutely. really good. And he's a Notre Dame alum. Oh, apparently that matters. <laughs> Ray, what would need to happen to see C.J. Carr start his freshman year? If he was clearly the best quarterback, would Notre Dame – 
OC staff start him. I think he's the best quarterback to sign with Notre Dame since Jimmy Clausen. Ray, that's a great question. And I think the of all of the words that you used, the word right there clearly would have to be is the key word here. He has to clearly be head and shoulders above the other two guys in order to start because he would have one spring under his belt and he would have one fall camp under his belt. And then you're asking him to take the reins of a team in 24 that arguably has a better roster than in 23 and has an opportunity again to go to the college football playoff. That would be a big, tall order. Now, I'm a huge C.J. Carr fan. I'm a huge C.J. Carr fan. Could he do it? Probably. Do you want to put the reins of this team in his hands as a true freshman on in game one? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, Sean. I I would have to see it with my own eyes that he was head and shoulders above everybody else. And I and somebody kind of answered this question um, after it was asked. And I, I do want to pull that up because I thought that it was he he made some very good points. Uh, but of course now I can't find it and that's okay. Um, basically they said, oh, here we go. Baldwin's errant shot says CJ would have to be, he will be an early enrollee. Absolutely. He will have to a prove he's better option at quarterback over Minchie and jelly, et cetera. And B hope the staff does not take another transfer for 24. See, and they're B, going B, to take a transfer. B that's is happening. what I was waiting for you to finish your answer so that yes. I could bring up since you that, hadn't brought it up. That's, that's, that's what that's, I wanted to pull this up. So I will okay, toss I it to you. You can I didn't have that see now. that, and that's yeah. that's really the biggest question: is are they bringing in a transfer next year? And I would think that they're going to. They would have to make that decision portal. in December, like before yeah. CJ Carr even steps on campus. And look, if if Sam Hartman has a monster year, throw a little Boston talk at you, uh-huh. monster year for I don't know why, since he's Sam Hartman, and he's from South Carolina. But if he has a monster year then it's going to be incredibly easy for Notre Dame to go out and land a transfer quarterback next year. Yeah. And that's going to be – They're still – That's going to be the deciding standpoint, they need it's, another body. It, 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 it really comes down to that. Are they going to and, – and considering where the, the roster is right now, and you lost both of last year's quarterbacks and you have zero experience right. on the roster beyond – you know, on, on your – organic roster beyond Sam Hartman. I, I I don't know why they there's there's no reason to believe they won't go out and try oh. to land another transfer quarterback. It just depends year. on here's the other thing and I, I so I'll kind of build off of what you just said. They're getting a transfer. Like everybody just needs to accept the fact they're getting a transfer quarterback. Now is it another Sam Hartman? Does like Drake May decide he wants to do his fourth year of college at Notre Dame? Like where you know depends on the level of transfer that you bring in. Are you promising? Mm-hmm. Promising? Are you promising the starting position to the transfer quarterback that comes in, or is it somebody that you're going to promise a competition for the starting quarterback job? You know what I mean. So, what level of transfer are they bringing in? That's going to be that's going to be the question yep. uh, because I I feel like if I had to predict it, barring I. A guy like Sam Harton being available in the offseason, that just doesn't happen every year. Can we at least agree on that? Like that, that's not usually a thing. So I think it's going to be a CJ Carr, Kenny Minchie transfer quarterback battle. It's going to be a three-way battle. 
for the quarterback position. And that's going to start in January when that transfer enrolls and CJ Carr enrolls. But it's also going to be a hard, it's going to be a hard battle for CJ Carr to win, even as an early enrollee, you know, like to, yeah. to win that right away. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, no question. That's going to be question will be how advanced is Kenny Minchie by that point? Absolutely, like, is he ready to compete? How I think, you know where is yeah. Evangeli? You know, right. I, I think I think of those three that I mentioned, right? Minchie Carr transfer. Carr comes into that as the number three, like because he was in high school. Two it's coming right out of high school. Yeah, I mean that's just common sense. Now, could he work his way up? Sure, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. And then uh, Sam Anderson says, if Carr wins Elite 11, looks outstanding in senior year, they may have faith in he and Minchie. There's a difference between faith and bodies. You need bodies. You're, they're going to bring someone in. They'll need another quarterback. And if yeah. if C.J. Carr wins the Elite 11, it doesn't change anything. I'm sorry, it doesn't. That's a quarterback competition in shorts and T-shirts. That is it cool? Sure. Is it a trophy for your bookcase? Sure. It means nothing to me. I'm sorry. It's cool, but it's not real football. It's not real football. I've seen quarterbacks look really, really, really good in seven on seven. And then you put pads on them and you put a whole defense out there and an offensive line and a defensive line in front of them. And they look like garbage. So, you know, winning the elite 11 doesn't change who's going to be the starter next year. That's for me anyway. I mean, you know, Jim Harbaugh gave the reins to to J.J. McCarthy. I'll be really curious to see. But he obviously had a lot around him, a lot of, you know, a lot of confidence. They didn't have to put it all on J.J. McCarthy. But the way Notre Dame is built as well. Now, there will be, you know, you got to remember, you're also going to have two new left tackles next year. You know, you're going to have. Good point. You're going to have a new center. Next, you know, like you're, you're only replacing two of the offensive linemen this year. You're going to be replacing three of them next year. So there'll be, you know, that probably going to weigh into it as well. You know, how much, how much you want an inexperienced quarterback behind what's going to be a much more inexperienced offensive line. So, you know, they might even be going out to the portal looking for some linemen next year. Who knows? Sure. Absolutely. We were talking about the uh, the fall matchups, receiver corners. Brent wants to know how much of an impact is it for the receivers to get to go up against two dogs every day in practice, like Hart and Bemo? It's huge. It's absolutely huge. They're going up against the top five corner combination in the country, in my opinion, if and arguably higher. And it's only going to make the wide receivers better because they're going to have a tougher time in practice than they'll ever have in a game. So. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, because you, I mean, you basically got one definite all American caliber cornerback out there and another guy who has the chance to be an all American caliber cornerback. And it, all it does is make those guys on the offensive side of the ball better and vice versa. Just like, you know, back in the, you know, the Julian Love, who was Julian Love going up, you know, like Chase Claypool and, and sure. you know, those, those kind of matchups back in camp. It's, Yep. You know, it makes for some fun stuff for us to watch when we get the opportunities and it does nothing but make those guys better. Yeah. So. I'm, as a as a side, I'm looking at the the past 
uh, Elite 11 MVPs, the ones, the guys that have won it, right? They've gotten it right over the last few years. I will say that. Before that, man, it was pretty hit and miss. Um, and I, I just want to go through them here real quick. And you, you okay. can tell me if you think they got it right, okay? So last year was Jackson Arnold from Oklahoma. We don't know yet. He hasn't played anything. Jury's right? still out, right? Jury's still out. Year before that, Cade Klubnik. Okay. Okay. I mean, Jerry's still out on him as well, I would say. Yep. Okay. Yep. Caleb Williams, year before that. I think they got that one right, probably. Hit. Yep. <laughs> they say that was a hit. CJ Stroud. Hit. <laughs> yep. I'm going to let you say hit or miss. Okay. Okay. Now, Spencer Rattler. Uh, yeah. Look, the guy has started, but he has been far from, from, as we were talking about yesterday, an elite college quarterback. Right. right. Year before that, Justin Fields. Hit. I'd say that's a hit. Number one okay. draft pick, yeah. Uh, year before that, Tua Tungabalayola. Hit. I'd say that's pretty good. He's got quite the list of yeah. accolades uh, under his name as well. Okay, here's where it gets interesting. Shea Patterson, Elite 11 MVP Ooh. in 2015. Started out at uh, Michigan, went to Ole Miss, I think, Miss. or the other way around. Okay, that's... that's mm, uh, yeah. I'm trying to look at the other guys that were in this class. Um, not a lot of names in this successful, class. <laughs> successful, relatively successful college quarterback. But again, not, yeah. not like Justin Fields or CJ Stroud right. or, or Caleb Williams. Successful. The biggest name, the biggest name on this list of probably Dwayne Haskins was the biggest name probably in that group. Rest okay? in peace. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. Okay. Uh, year before that. Uh, let's see here. Blake Barnett. Mm. I think you got to call that a miss. Uh, to call that a huge miss. He went to four colleges, went mm -hmm. undrafted, has zero accolades under Elite 11 MVP. <laughs> yeah. right? right? Sean White from Auburn was the year before that. Miss. Miss. Agreed. Uh, Asante Woolard was in miss. 2012. <laughs> That's a miss as well. Ended up at playing for Clarion in Pennsylvania. Mm, there you go. In case you're curious. Uh, let's see here. Then you get to Jameis Winston. And yeah. I'd say that was a hit. Jeff yeah. Driscoll was before him. So anyway, we're, we're, yeah. we're just going. I'm going through it. I mean, but you you went through a lot of years there. And you've got about a, what, 90 to 95% hit rate, really. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. So, so I if mean, he does, if he does win, you know, but again, yeah, it's like, but you know, part of that is who are those guys competing against in, in those given years? How absolutely. good were the other quarterback? You know, like that, if, if you're at the top, you're at the top, but right. It's, it's still relative to who you're competing against in any given year. You right. Know, like some of that could play into why those guys who were misses ended up being at the top of the heap there. Right. So. Absolutely. And there's a lot of names that I didn't, I don't know that of those, some of those years where it was a no namer or a, yeah. a miss that won it. That's a lot of kids. I don't know. And to be honest, so, you know, they were the, I don't know. I, I don't want to insult anybody. So I'll just say that they were the best of the rest. As Quinn says, that's one time Notre Dame commit Blake Barnett to you. <laughs> that's true. This is true. He also ended up committing to a lot of other places as well.
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.